News Network. You ever watch TV, even the commercials, and the propaganda is so thick you can't avoid it? Whatever happened to entertainment? Are we all to be inundated with propaganda as civilization collapses? No. They can try. We can resist. And our shield against those swords is the truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And your Knight Templar against the hordes is Dan Newman. <laughs> I've never been called a Knight Templar. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Pete Moss, you never know what he's going to come up with for our intros here at TNN Live. I hope your week so far has been very, very special. Hope you're having a good Friday morning, last day of the work week. You've got a weekend ahead, and this was a short week. You didn't work Monday, Memorial Day. Well, what are you going to do with your life today? Are you going to sit around and fret, think about problems, think about things with which you have no control over, nothing you can do about them? That's one option. But let me offer another option, and I think this one's absolutely the best one. That is, make the best of what you have on your plate, whatever it is. Do you realize that around the world there are people that are much worse off than are you? Oh, I know there are a bunch of people that are far better off than you. But instead of measuring your value, instead of measuring your goodness, instead of measuring anything in your life compared to someone else, Why don't you do one thing and forget about the rest of the world? Do the best right where you are today. Very few of us can change where we are today. Very, very few of us. Some can. But if you fall in that class, let's just say if you're on the roll in my class, (laughs) I understand and you need to understand what we're supposed to do in our lives Look at everything around us. Look at all our resources. Look at all of our problems and put them in perspective and end up with this at the end of it. At least you're alive. Now, I know some people are in egregious physical condition, and that's tough. I'm not diminishing that. But what I am saying is if we'll do the best that we can do with who we are and what we have, We're going to be in a good frame of mind most of the time. And people around us, when they look at us, they don't want to see us angry or upset or unhappy. They don't want to see or hear us screaming all the time about poor me's. They want us to look at them and smile. Do you know why? Because they're having difficulties just like us. And they too need to know and understand. You can push through this. You can make the day-to-day pretty much what you're willing to make it be. And so you're not going to change your circumstances overnight. Very few of us have ever been able to do that. Live in the life that you have today. And don't worry about the light you might have tomorrow because there are no promises of tomorrow. God did promise us today. And if you're listening, he fulfilled his promise in you so far today. We have a big show today. Should I even have to tell you that a lot of things happening around your world, even while we slept, we're going to dig into a whole bunch of those things. President Biden's smack on his face out in Colorado yesterday. 
We also have a Senate-passed debt bill, which is basically the exact same debt bill that was passed in the House of Representatives. And it goes to the president's desk today. New numbers in from our Labor Department, and they don't look really, really bad. And that brings up a whole lot of questions. We're going to dig in the questions, get you some answers, and we're going to also check in with uh, people like Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas. You heard him here at TNN Live yesterday. But what he's going to do on today's show is take on AOC, Alexandria Ocasio. You just need to dig in and enjoy the day with us. And while you get that second or third, fourth a cup of coffee, we're going to listen to the last big hit the Doobie Brothers had before Michael McDonald joined the group. Remember this one? Long train running. The Doobie Brothers.
I was always a Doobie Brothers fan back in my 1960s, late 60s, early 70s radio day. I just like that uh, unique sound. It's kind of like the Eagles. You know, nobody else sounded quite like the Doobie Brothers. Nobody sounded quite like the Eagles. And nobody today <laughs> sounds very much like uh, the Eagles of the old Doobie Brothers. Where do we get started this morning? Well, let me just give you some uh, pontificating thoughts by TNN Live. And oh, by the way, we're broadcasting live from the Renaissance Center, the Renaissance Waverly Convention Center in uh, the north side of Atlanta, Georgia today, here for the Blade Show, biggest blade convention in the world one time a year. I've already had a really good time meeting old friends. This is a hobby that our son, Caleb, and I picked up years ago, collecting knives. And he's gotten into the business side of the knife business, which kind of took things up a level for our relationship. But anyway, here at the Renaissance Center, love Atlanta, Georgia, love the South, big city, great thing with all kinds of stuff to do in Atlanta, but nothing more important than sharing TNN Live with you, which we do every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. The left-wing nutjobs, they've just come out every day, over and over. They never go back in to wherever it is they live. They've had the upper hand in our culture. Let's call them America's culture wars for a long, long time now. They are hyper-aggressive. They're focused on one thing, pushing our nation in a radical direction, taking it as far left as they possibly can. Think about it. They push their agenda on school boards and local and national political venues and on many corporations. To date, resistance has been isolated to a little bitty number of dedicated conservative activists. Most of us, most Americans, just want to get along whenever possible with anybody we can get along with, not fight about sensitive social issues, if they can help it. And most of all, and I think many of us have lost this, not to be mean to anybody for any reason. That's a positive attitude in general, but when up against radical, ideological-driven opponents, often you've just got to push back. If you don't, they're not going to stop. As we have now seen, just trying to get along can end in pure insanity. That's exactly how we ended up with little kids being taught about super-sensitive sexual topics at ages when they should be playing in sandboxes, certainly not talking about gender stuff. The upper echelons of corporate America, they've been occupied by executives with radical political agendas, trained in increasingly left-wing elite colleges, this managerial class of Americans, leftists, almost all of them, are continually pushing big companies further to the left. Senior managers go along because they don't want to fight, and they see it as good for business. Also, and probably most importantly, until now there was no real business peril in appeasing the nut jobs. The only consumer pressure 
was driven from the left. Companies could annoy the right without even paying a price. That, my friends, is a changing. Normal Americans, for the very first time, seem to be screaming a collective, stop it. Let me jog your memory, recent memory. Anheuser-Busch and its parent company, InBev, out of Belgium, are keepers of the iconic American beer brand, Bud Light. Everybody knows about Bud Light. If there was ever a beer associated with the American everyman, Bud Light was probably it. Either that or Miller Light. Each brewer's marketing team, they knew this for decades. They developed all kinds of hilarious and creative ads to celebrate and cultivate their image. More recently, InBev, the parent company of Anheuser-Busch, they hired some younger, woke American marketing execs who all found all this embarrassing. So in their efforts to revamp the Bud Light brand, they engaged Dylan Mulvaney, a famous transgender activist, in a marketing campaign that none of us will ever forget. As of today, it looks like this move may have forever changed the dynamic between the liberals running most of our American corporations and their consumers. They're finding out there's a deep gulf between what they think about their social engineering programs and what everyday Americans think. A few things touched the nerve of the Bud Light Mulvaney incident. First, Mulvaney's not just a left-wing political activist. Mulvaney specialized in marketing to young kids. Using Barbie dolls singing songs about being a young girl were squarely in Mulvaney's wheelhouse. There's something seriously wrong with that. Almost any normal person would agree. Second, soon after this controversy of Bud Light erupted, the beer marketing head who set it off was seen in an online video trashing Bud Light's fratty market campaigns out of the past and by direct inference trashing their customers. Bud Light Drinkers of America had had enough. This was their brand, something that helped define who they are. And now the lefties couldn't leave it alone. Not only that, but the corporate chieftains didn't care enough about them to say, stop it. We did. American consumers did. And I'm not a Bud Light fan at all. But still, it's the concept of social engineering. For the first time in recent memory, a mass-scale boycott from right-leaning people has taken hold. And the revolt is on. Sales of Bud Light have tanked by over 25%. Meanwhile, sales of rival brands are up by huge margins. Anheuser-Busch's stock itself is down 20%. Shares for rival conglomerate Molson Coors have gone up 19% at the same time. Shift this large for brands this huge are unheard of. And the carnage extends to other Anheuser-Busch products as well. Where does all this end? Honestly, nobody knows. Anheuser-Busch has notably placed the marketing geniuses behind the sales cornage on leave. They still are getting paychecks. Somebody at corporate headquarters must think they can sneak them back in sometime. (laughs) 
it's not clear why they would want to even do that, given all the damage they've caused. They must be afraid of the left, but that's telling in itself. What happened to know your customer, the number one rule in marketing? For those of us sitting back and enjoying this show, the drama upon reinstating these failed marketing officers is going to be hilarious to watch, like a next act in a Broadway play. Most interestingly with all this, it seems that regular Americans have learned just how powerful a block they can be, the American people block. For the first time, they seem to be flexing their muscles out in the marketplace. The normal people's revolt is now moving on to other brands. Clothing retailers, Target, and Kohl's have stocked their shelves with kids LGBTQ clothing and supported radical interest groups pushing gender transition on our babies. Their customers are making them pay a price for what they're doing. Sales are down. Stocks are taking a huge hit. Same with Disney stock, which is down 33% since it began its feud with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The right was asleep at the switch as they allowed radical left-wing activists to thoroughly take over American schools and universities. Somebody should have guessed that the result was going to be a takeover of the corporate management suites. But all of a sudden, there's a price to pay for companies getting too political. Regular Americans, of which I am proudly one, have had enough. And don't listen to the lefties. Americans, regular Americans, are not haters. Quite the contrary. They genuinely want to get along. But the craziness levels have gone too high. Especially when it comes to the left's targeting of kids with overly politicized or sexual topics at a far too young an age. It's going to have to stop now, or there will be a greater price to pay. I know it's early in the morning, but that makes me want to crack a beer and start a celebration. I can't tell you how many people I talk to here at TNN Live and talk about all this social engineering, this politicization of everything using it as weaponry against not just the left, but against our babies, our kids. Who would have thought even four years ago we would actually not only be talking about transgender surgeries for people in the first and second and third grade, we wouldn't just be talking about it. We would be way down the road of those things happening knocking off the breast of little girls, boys' genitals. This is like a horror movie from the 70s. But it's happening. And you and I got to stop it. We've got to say no. We've got to start calling out these unbelievable, supposed positive things that we are watching play out before our very eyes. Mulvaney. Prime example, he's the one that started, is it a he or she? God, I can't even keep up with the right pronouns. 
But in addition to being the spokesperson for Bud Light, at the same time, he was marketing Nike sport bras, and he doesn't even have breasts. That illustrates the oxymoron of the leftists and where they are and everything right now. And I'd laugh, but it's not funny. Why don't we move on with some good news? Believe it or not, we have some good economic news this morning. Our economy added 339,000 new jobs in May. That's up from 294,000 in April, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And this was higher than the consensus estimate that was supposed to be just 190,000 jobs. 339,000 jobs. However, the unemployment rate went up to 3.7%, up from 3.4%. It also topped market forecast of 35 Now, Nobody on the left is talking about that particular segment of the Labor Bureau stats released this morning. Unemployment ticked up. What does that mean? A lot of people have dropped out of the sales force, the workforce. They're not going back and getting unemployment benefits anymore. Why is that? I can tell you the number one reason. There is so much money being given out, passed around, by the federal government, there seems to be every month more and more people that say, you know what, I can live off of Medicaid, I can live off welfare, and I'm not going to work. It's not worth it to me. And so they just quit going to the workforce every day. Employment gains were driven, we're told, by professional and business services, government, health care, and leisure and hospitality. Construction and transportation and warehousing sectors added 25,000 and 24,000 jobs, respectively. Manufacturing industry lost 2,000 more jobs. Wage growth, which had been going up at a steady pace, it slightly cooled as average hourly earnings slowed to 4.3%. That's down from 4.4%. This came in below the expectations of economists, supposed to be 4.4%. Average hourly earnings rose just 0.3% month over month. That's down from 0.4%. You know what the consensus in all this is? We really don't know what the heck is going on. Anybody's guessing right now. Anybody's guessing. Where do we go from here, Dan? It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. You know, we didn't hear from Clyde the Camel from Geico mid uh, midweek hump day. We didn't hear from him, but I'm sure, I'm sure Clyde's going to have a great weekend because technically it's not the beginning of summer, but June is always, especially for kids, it's always marked the beginning of summer. So there's going to be a lot of people getting out and about. Memorial Day weekend is always a huge travel weekend. That's behind us now. So where's everybody else going? You get out on the highways and interstates today, you'll know what I'm talking about. People are fleeing. They're going to the beaches. They're going to the mountains. They're going to Disney World, believe it or not. Other entertainment venues. Americans are so inundated with bad things in the news every day. I had a long conversation last night at dinner about this. When you just turn on any news outlet, it doesn't matter 
if you're on the radio, if you're on television, or you're reading, you don't get very many positive stories out there. It seems like everybody in the media is trying to find the nastiest, dirtiest, horrible thing that they can report on every day and be the first to get it out there. It's almost like a a horror movie background. Horror movies is all anybody ever wants to produce, so they try to do the one umsmith thing and make theirs worse than the other guy. It's not all bad. There will always be bad things that we have to deal with. But come on now. Are you going to live in a world where your glass is never full? At most, it's only half empty. You need to find a way to adopt that, that mindset that says your glass is never empty or half empty. When it's halfway up the water level, your glass is half full. we got to learn how to live on the positive side. There is no benefit. There is no fun. There's nothing in any way good for you physically, emotionally, mentally, to live a life where you're constantly looking up and saying, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. It's not falling. And if it does, by the way, what the heck are you going to do about it? Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Goppers from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. (gasps) We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Howdy. The streamer here. You know, there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. It's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. Those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. Well, that's a Disney bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for only $13.99 a month. The Disney bundle. It's streaming at its best. Equals Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. Visit thedisneybundle.com for details. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring six forty nine in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just six forty nine. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding a swing. Gu- <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. Guardian of the Truth, Knight of the Republic, Speaker of the Facts. 
Dan Newman on TNN, the Truth News Network. I want to ask you a question that I never, for some reason, I don't ever ask it here on the show. Look at your circumstances. Look at your life. What is the most, the single most important thing happening in your world, other than specific to your family, just outside, you know, your center circle of influence, all of us, that would be our families. What's the most important thing that's happening to you? Maybe through this weekend, think about it. Come up with what is important and always put God and your family first. Absolutely. If that's not the case now, you need to reassess. That will do away with at least 90% of the consternation in your life if you got your relationship with God and your family members all lined up. But after that, think about it through the weekend. And you don't have to write a report and turn it into the teacher. (laughs) Maybe on Monday you want to call in and talk about the thing that you come up with. But it's always a good thing to be very specific when you're analyzing things in your life. Why? What do we do here? This is Truth News Network. We find facts on which we base our decisions. That's a whole lot smarter than running around in circles, screaming and hollering, oh me, oh me. Well, by now everybody knows the Senate yesterday passed a bipartisan plan. They're calling it a bipartisan plan. And they're going to suspend the debt ceiling just days away from what we have been told was a fast-approaching fiscal deadline to avert a federal default on our debt. The Senate voted 63 to 36 to pass the legislation about an hour before midnight last night after they raced through a series of amendment votes that were each, every one of those was rejected. They didn't even really consider them. Five Democrats, 31 Republicans voted against it. I thought there would be more that would bail on it. And I'm sad that it wasn't the case. Among the provisions that were included in the plan is language that would suspend the debt ceiling through the end of next year. What happens next year? (laughs) We have an election uh, two months before the end of next year. It also, this debt limit thing, set new limits on federal spending, make changes to work requirements for some of the federal assistance programs. The passage of all this comes after weeks of tense negotiations between the White House and House GOP leadership that produced a final deal that many liberals and hardline conservatives have come out against, uh, each side for very different reasons, by the way. So I thought I would just run the gamut of who Democrat and Republican voted against the bill in the Senate. On the Senate side, Lurch, Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania voted against it. Ed Markey of Massachusetts said no. Jeff Merkley from Oregon, he said no. Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts, nope. And Bernie Sanders, independent up in Vermont, he also voted against it. On the GOP side, voting against it, John Barrasso of Wyoming, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, Mike Braun, Indiana, Katie Britt from Alabama, Ted Budd from North Carolina, Bill Cassidy, Louisiana, Tom Cotton, Arkansas, Mike Crapo, Idaho, Ted Cruz, Texas, Steve Daines, Montana, 
Deb Fisher, Nebraska, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Josh Hawley from Missouri, Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, John Kennedy from Louisiana, James Lankford, Oklahoma, Mike Lee from Utah, Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming, Roger Marshall, Kansas, Rand Paul, Kentucky, Pete Ricketts, Nebraska, Jim Risch, Idaho, Marco Rubio, Florida, Eric Schmidt, Missouri, Tim Scott, South Carolina, Rick Scott, Florida, and Dan Sullivan from Alabama. Coach Tommy Tuberville from Alabama also said no, as did J.D. Vance of Ohio and Roger Wicker of Mississippi. To be honest, there weren't a lot of surprises in that list. Actually, there were probably or should have been. I would have thought there would have been a few more Republicans that said no, but it doesn't matter. It's now, we're told, on the desk of President Biden. Of course, what he'll do is have a very magical and very public signing of the bill into law, and we'll watch as our debt goes up another $4 trillion between now and the end of next year. Who's going to pay the bill anyway? And we're already in the heat of the election season. Pete Moss does an intro to this show. And uh, I use it from time to time. And it, I, I, I can use it anytime. It's about fighting, fussing, in, in conference problems with each other and all that kind of stuff. And physical confrontations as well and he asked the question in it after he delineates all these things he said what's going on is it roller derby and then he says no it's election season (laughs) and the wars about elections and who's best suited for what position are in full swing but with everybody going back and forth nobody nobody did not anticipate Governor DeSantis jumping into the race. Many people thought he should have done it earlier. Many others thought he would have done it earlier. I personally think his waiting that long where the Trump Organization and other conservative groups had for months been running very effective television ads against Ron DeSantis, telling and showing the people some of his egregious acts as government that weren't conservative in any way. Also, don't forget, he was a member of the U.S. Congress before he ran for governor from Florida, and he has some very marginal things out there that he has supported for a long time. But everybody waited with bated breath, wanting to know, what are the polls going to say? Because going into his announcement, former President Trump, by some polls, had a 40-point lead over him. And so everybody's been waiting this week to see what the numbers are. And honestly, they're not very good for the governor. In fact, I just thought about this. Why don't we look at today's real clear politics election polls. Election 2024. If you don't ever look at real clear politics at their polling, it's something that you ought to do because there's a ton of information in it. And uh, what they do is they look at all the polls that are out there. They do one themselves, but their poll typically 
is a consensus of all of the polls thrown in together. Let's scroll down here. They've got a bunch of different state races that they've looked at. Scroll down here and see if we can find. Here we go. In the Emerson poll, it's a 2024 Iowa Republican presidential caucus. Trump, 62%. DeSantis, 20 Nikki Haley, 5 Pence, 5 And it goes downhill from there. Biden, on the Democrat side, at 69%. Kennedy, 11%. Marianne Williamson, at 10 In the Republican presidential nomination poll, completed by Fox News. Trump's at 53%, DeSantis at 20, Haley at 4, Pence at 5, Democrat presidential nomination, also Fox News, Biden 62%, Kennedy 16%. The Marquette poll, which is usually kind of leaning left, have Trump with 46%, DeSantis with 25, Haley the next closest with 5%. Democrat presidential nomination, also for Marquette. Biden, 53%. Kennedy at 12. And looking at uh, a few polls that are looking at the general election, Trump versus Biden, the Marquette poll, has Trump up by 5, 52%, over Biden, 47%. DeSantis versus Biden, Marquette poll. DeSantis, 52, Biden, 48 In Iowa, Trump versus Biden, Emerson poll, Trump 49, Biden 38. DeSantis versus Biden in Iowa, 45, DeSantis, Biden 38. And those polls all came from yesterday's results. So they're not moving like many people thought they would move. A lot of people, in fact, I was one of them that felt like when, uh, Ron DeSantis, when he announced there was going to be a big, big switch, that Trump's percentages were going to go down dramatically while DeSantis's were going to go up. What does that tell you about um, the American people? If you're a Democrat, it tells you something very obvious. And we all know what that is. It's those evil MAGA Republicans They feel like anybody that voted for President Trump back in 2016 and in 2020 has just lost their minds. How they could think that or say that, it tells you where people are getting their news. And they're not getting it from places that are just giving them facts and letting them draw their own conclusions. That is the problem in news media across the spectrum of media today. Long ago, they all quit just giving us news. After all, there wouldn't be a need for all of the many, many news outlets that we have if everybody just shut up and sat down and let somebody just print the facts out there and let the people look at, examine the facts, maybe ask questions, find out things they didn't know, and then making educated choices. That's the way it used to be done. Not so much any longer. We want you to hear from some folks today about some of the latest dangerous stuff that happened. 
Did you happen to see at the Air Force Academy commencement yesterday out in uh, Colorado, the president was there, he gave the commencement speech, and he went to go off the stage, and he just busted it face first. Here's some synopsis. It's got some opinions in it about Biden taking the fall. From the, ah, uh, you hate to see this file, President Joe Biden taking a hard fall at the Air Force Academy commencement ceremony. But remember when the media went absolutely crazy over this moment, where then, then President Trump walked slowly down the ramp at West Point. President Trump is facing some new questions about his health after an unsteady walk down a ramp. New questions about President Trump's health after his visit to West Point. The event sparked some concerns about the president's own health. It took him 10 minutes to walk down a ramp in this shuffle that alarmed a lot of people around the country. He says, what's wrong with the president of the United States? Ah, Fox News contributor Joe Concha joins us now. Uh, Joe, the media coverage of these two situations, very different. Yes. Extremely different. <laughs> That's all. You, you kind of left me hanging there. Yeah. I thought you, you were going to go to something greater. Take it away, yes. my friend. If you had to teach a course in partisan, predictable media, this is at the top of your syllabus right now. Mm -hmm. Let me read some of the headlines. We just played some of the sound bites. New York Times, Trump's halting walk down ramp raises health questions. CNN headline, why Donald Trump's West Point ramp story actually matters. Washington Post, <laughs> Trump tries to explain his slow and unsteady walk down a ramp at West Point. So instead of applying the same treatment to Joe Biden, we saw yesterday from ABC News, for example, this was a Republican's pounce moment, that Everybody falls all the time. Republicans are mean. They're making this a campaign issue. It is a campaign issue because some polls came out since you were away. 70% of Americans don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. Mm -hmm. A majority of Democrats don't want him to run for re-election. So then when the pollsters ask, okay, why is that? Because the guy's too old. And I'm not saying 80's too old. I'm saying he is not aging well. And look, there was a sandbag there or something. Everybody falls once in a while. Mm -hmm. This has happened multiple times during this presidency. And then you look at his schedule, and there's almost never anything on it outside of commencement speeches yeah. or we're hosting this team at the White House or once in a while a meeting with, with somebody. But overall, this is the perception of this president. And once you have that perception, Todd, it's impossible to put the toothpaste back in the Yeah, there's obviously the hypocrisy in the media aspect of all this, but there's also what does the world stage think when they see this, not just happening once at the Air Force Academy. We've seen him trip multiple times. If I'm a Xi Jinping, if I'm uh, Vladimir Putin, I'm watching this and being like, he just gets weaker and weaker so we can take advantage by the moment. Perception is reality. That's an old saying, and it's true. And the more you see something like is happening to Joe Biden, it's getting more and more frequent, and it's really, it's been in some bad situations. I mean, I'll never forget walking up the steps to Air Force One. That's a long way up to that 747 in that ramp thing that they put up there, the staircase thing. That day fell down three times. It's happened since then too. And this one yesterday is really bad. I mean, Joe is an older guy. I get that. But old folks, and I'm not nearly as old as he is, but I'm, uh, I am north of the 50-year uh, point and north of the 60-year point, and I understand it. But the reason I wanted you to hear that, especially because it had those sound bites from what happened to Trump when he went up to West Point, 
walking down a ramp. He had on dress shoes. The ramp was wet and it froze overnight and was very slippery. And the left, the news media, went crazy. Not about the fact that he slipped a little bit, but because he's an older guy. We don't know what his health condition is. And maybe we need to look into that further. They asked those questions right off the bat. Heard any of that about President Biden today? (laughs) Not a single thing. Hypocrisy at the highest level. That's no big deal. It's the U.S. media. Something quietly happened in the Senate yesterday. I thought that you needed to know about it. The U.S. Senate voted to overturn the president's student debt transfer program, rebuking his efforts to bypass Congress and cancel the debt of certain student loan recipients. The Senate passed a joint resolution of disapproval 52 to 46 with the help of Senators Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, John Tester of Montana, and Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Today, I voted to repeal the Biden administration's student loan cancellation proposal. Why? Because we simply can't afford to add another $400 billion to the national debt. That's from Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia. There are already more than 50 existing student loan repayment and forgiveness programs aimed at attracting individuals to vital service jobs like teachers, healthcare workers, and public servants, Senator Manchin said. This Biden proposal undermines each of these programs and forces hardworking taxpayers who already paid off their loans or did not go to college to shoulder the cost. Instead, we should focus on bipartisan student debt reforms that reduce the cost of higher education and help all Americans. In addition to canceling up to 20 grand in federal student loan debt for about 40 million borrowers, Biden's program sought to extend a national pause on the collection of student loan payments and interest. Since then, the plan has been challenged in court. And in November of last year, the Biden administration announced payment freeze wouldn't be extended again. Right now, this case is sitting waiting for the U.S. Supreme Court to rule on two challenges relating to this plan. If that litigation isn't resolved by June 30th, payments are going to resume 60 days after June 30. Otherwise, payments will resume 60 days after the court hands down its decision. So, Miguel Cardona, that's Biden's uh, Secretary of Education. According to Cardona, the court cases challenging the program are callous, baseless, and just plain wrong. I want bars to know that the Biden-Harris administration has their backs, and we're as committed as ever to fighting to deliver essential student debt relief to tens of millions of Americans. That came from Cardona. What he failed to realize when he said, and I'm going to quote him again, according to him, the court cases challenging the program are, quote, callous, baseless, and just plain wrong. That's not going on at the Supreme Court, Mr. Cardona. If it was baseless, the court wouldn't have even taken up the case. But they did, and what that means is there is some there, there, sufficient for them to say, we're going we're gonna to hear the case. 
it's going to be interesting to watch what comes out of it because it's not only going to impact Biden's student loan debt forgiveness plan, but a bunch of other giveaways that he arbitrarily did by passing the House. Dollars and cents, federal tax dollars and cents, any spending stuff constitutionally has to come through the U.S. Congress, specifically the House of Representatives. That's where all the money deals are supposed to be begun. This administration has just kind of flipped that process, the middle finger. They're just doing it with executive orders. Forget about that Congress thing. Forget about that constitutional thing. I'm Joe Biden. And if I want to do it by jingos, I'm going to do it. Speaking about egregious things regarding dollars and cents, this one snuck up overnight, and it shocked me. It probably shouldn't have. But it did. A Howard University professor is calling on the United Nations Tribunal to pay reparations to black Americans. And we're told his plan for the tribunal at the UN to pay every black American $5 million, it would not need taxpayer approval. Justin Hansford, he's a scholar in critical race theory. He addressed the UN Tribunal in New York City during the permanent forum on people of African descent. The forum will last four days, ending on June 2nd. That would be today. He was joined by colleagues from the University of Pittsburgh and Columbia University in a united plea that the United States government atone for the sins of slavery and Jim Crow laws. He's from Georgia. He's a descendant of slaves from Georgia. Hansford said the reparations owed to each person should be determined on a case-by-case basis. He said that for some, $5 million might be too low. I'm going to quote him from yesterday. I come to you today with a novel proposal that we begin to think our, your own, our own thoughts, propose our own vision of justice, and implement that justice, Hansford said. The head of the U.S. mission to the U.N., Ambassador Lindy Thompson-Greenfield, is a black woman. She did not publicly support the tribunal. Decisions made by this tribunal are not legally binding, according to Hansford, It's just one route to push the feds and the state governments to address racial inequalities. There's that equality issue one more time. Reparation task forces and commissions, they're popping up all across the country following the death of George Floyd in the summer of 2020. This month, another task force, one in California, forecasted reparations to black Americans would cost California $800 billion, more than twice the state's budget. And they're doing this, coming up with this, when California became a state, came into the United States, formally accepted in, their first slate of laws made slavery illegal in California. So what does that mean? Nobody in California has been in slavery, unless, of course, they moved from some other state. I'm just saying, this whole reparations thing is so full of holes. It's just staggering 
for me to believe that there are people that just don't care. And I always go back to this. This is the part that blows my mind. I'm white. I don't have I don't have any African American blood of significance in my past history, so that would mean I would be ineligible for any reparations. Now, my ancestors came to America from Northwest Europe, and they were indentured servants. Now, they were white, and what is an indentured servant? It's somebody that they went to whoever they worked for before they moved here, and they said, look, we want to go to the new world. We need your help to do it. Would you pay our way? And if you do, we'll work for you in whatever enterprise you have when we get there. And so these people that quote-unquote hired these indentured servants, they were actually treated exactly like slaves. When they got here, they were given a place to live on wherever they worked. They were given food, and that was it. And they were supposed to work for these people. I think it was for seven years. At the end of seven years, they were going to be free. At the end of seven years, indentured servanthood didn't quit. So it was exactly like slavery. So what does all this mean? Here's the conundrum I can't get around. I never had a slave. Nobody in my family ever had a slave. In fact, my people were, uh, without calling it slavery, they were indentured servants, which was pretty much white slavery at the time. I didn't do anything wrong, so they want me to be part of paying somebody that's alive today that wasn't a slave ever in their life wants me to pay them millions of dollars because somebody in their family was a slave. I know slavery is evil. It still exists. Most people don't know this. Around the world, slavery is more out there now than it ever has been, even back in the 1800s when we had slaves all over the southern part of the United States. Nobody's talking about today's slaveries. And by the way, the grandfather of our current vice president, he's from Jamaica, and he was the owner of more slaves than anybody else in that part of the world, across the Caribbean. Nobody's talking about that. Why? All you got to do is be a Democrat, and you're exempt. <laughs> That's the way they believe. One thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show when we were talking about the uh, election stuff that came around, another poll came out yesterday, and it was a poll of Republicans. A majority of Republicans think that Donald Trump has a better chance to win next year in the general election than does Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And that is a, a poll that was put together by Yahoo, not a very conservative news outlet. Most Republicans, 60%, believe Trump has the best chance of winning, followed by 27%. In other words, it's only half the number that believe Trump has the best chance of winning Less than half of Trump's, those that believe he can win, believe DeSantis has a better shot of winning. A plurality of independents, 34%, also think Trump has the best chance. 23% said DeSantis. 
A plurality of independents, 43%, still are unsure. Notably, over one-third of Democrats, 35%, think DeSantis has a better chance than Trump, compared to 27% who think Trump has a better chance. 38%, they're still unsure. So all of these numbers, they basically, at this point, historically, if you go back and look at the polling numbers in the run-up to the 2016 election, and then the 2018 midterms, the 2020 election, you'll see that in every case in presidential races, the person who's in the lead at this point, at this point on the calendar, none of the leaders, not a single time, none of the leaders at this point in the polls went on to win elections. Why is that important? It's way, way, way too early to throw in all your support now. Watch, listen, read. you got plenty of time left. November of 2024 is a good bit away, more than a year away. I know it's close, and we are in an election cycle, and there are going to be continued wars of words, We're going to have more and more information come out that makes people look bad, makes other candidates look good. Just a moment, we're going to give you some more of the dirty news about this president and the Biden family syndicate that is appearing to be more every day factually a real evil, illegal syndicate. It's going to change the way people think on the Democrat Party side. We're going to wade into all of this and some more. We still got a long way to go. Sit tight. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda. KVB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot. With financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance Event today. For well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand image yours from Kelly Blue Book. Visit kbb.com for more information. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Again, Dan Newman. 
a lot of news, a lot of news coming out about uh, Hunter Biden. And honestly, it is not good news. What is it all about? Well, he currently is arming himself. He's getting set for a war against two, the Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice. He could soon find himself championing the Second Amendment legal protections in an attempt to defend himself against charges. Now, they're still just considered to be possible charges, but he bought a gun from some legal dealer, and he filled out the application, and on the application, there is a question that's asked, have you ever been a drug user, illegal drug user? Have you or are you? And he said no. Absolutely not. That's a lie. He self-admitted that he not only used drugs, but he was an addict. And in this battle, if he goes after the DOJ because they're looking at prosecuting him, it's a felony for doing what he did in that application. He would be going against his own father's administration. He's under investigation by the DOJ. Federal law prohibits drug users from owning guns, but a Supreme Court ruling last year that broadened Second Amendment protections puts these prohibitions into question, and Biden's lawyer could use that argument as part of his defense. If he goes that route, this scenario could put diametrically opposed foes, Biden and conservative Republicans, on the same side of trying to bolster pro-Second Amendment legal precedents. This was first reported in Politico. I didn't know it was coming down, but I can't believe he had the chutzpah to go ahead and uh, go after the Department of Justice. His lawyers have already told the DOJ that if their client is charged with the gun crime, they're going to challenge the law under the Second Amendment. When he bought that gun back in 2018, Hunter filled out that form in which he claimed that he was not an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance. However, according to his own 2021 memoir, he frequently used crack cocaine at the time. He said he was smoking crack every 15 minutes. So the Gun Control Act of 1968 prohibits unlawful drug users from owning guns. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, says that that ban applies to people who have admitted to using illegal drugs in the months before purchasing a gun. However, the provision has recently faced multiple legal challenges following the Supreme Court decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which says that change the test that lower courts use in evaluating challenges to firearm restrictions. Conservatives, of course, they praise the ruling as an opportunity to loosen what they call restrictive gun laws. President Biden called, and he said he was deeply disappointed in the ruling and said it contradicts both common sense and the Constitution. But in order to avert up to 15 years in prison, Hunter should be charged and convicted of such a crime the president's son might use new conservative arguments to his advantage. And yeah, 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 I mean, 
you know, it is a bad situation, no question about it. But what is going to happen? Let's just face it. Hunter ought to get this thing resolved, and he ought to get he ought to get a guilty verdict or go in and do a plea deal because Daddy is the president of the United States, and what does that mean? Daddy can pardon his son. He can pardon his son. That's a, it's kind of a big deal, especially if you're Hunter Biden, don't you think? I mean, crazy. This kind of stuff is going on, and it just seems like every day it gets more and more egregious. And we just can't put our fingers on the real stuff that is going on and what's going to happen in the wake of all this. So our, again, here we go. We're going down the woke road Our Secretary of Defense, General Lloyd Austin, he's praising LGBTQ plus troops and said their service adds to America's strength. Here's what he said yesterday. This Pride Month, we honor the service, commitment, and sacrifice of the LGBTQ plus service members and personnel who volunteer to defend our country. Their proud service adds to America's strength. He called their contributions to national security powerful. Members of this community have deployed to combat zones around the globe, held high-ranking positions in the Pentagon, and fought and died alongside their teammates, he said. The Secretary argued that in order to defend our republic and win its wars, the U.S. military must remain open to all qualified patriots, who seek to serve. Militaries that do not avail themselves of the best possible talent of their citizenry put themselves at a strategic disadvantage. We would be rendering ourselves less fit to our weighty task if we excluded from our ranks people who meet our standards and who have the skills, the guts, and the devotion to serve in uniform, he said. I believe that the story of America should be one of widening freedom not deepening discrimination. He said in 2021 he was honored to implement Biden's directive to ensure that trans Americans who wish to serve and meet department standards are able to do so openly and free from discrimination. Now here's the one thing the defense secretary and this president are leaving out of this discussion. What are the standards What are the possible standards that would cause one to pause when considering these transgender people being fit for combat? You remember that don't ask, don't tell unwritten law that for years prevailed in the military? What was that about? It was illegal to be a homosexual and be in active duty in the military. Why would they do that? Of course, today's left will say, well, it was discrimination. It was sexual discrimination. There's no reason not to allow these people to sit side by side in a foxhole with straight people. I beg to differ. The reason the military for generations 
shied away from homosexuals serving in active duty in the military was because it was common knowledge there were circumstances in which it got heated and they could not or would not face the enemy and face the eagle that military members, when they go to war, they can't pick and choose which battles they want to fight. They've just got to go fight. And they did not, in large, do a good job in the military when they did that. And so they were ruled ineligible. During the Clinton administration, they came up with this don't ask, don't tell rule, which basically was the government won't ask you if you're straight or gay, so don't tell anybody if you're if you're gay. Can you believe we started this transgender where anything and anybody goes? Way back in the Bill Clinton, Bill and Hillary era. That's a long time ago. It's in the 90s, oh my God. Bush 43, he was elected in 2000. I can't believe time is flying like it is so far. But it is, folks. And every day something new comes out from the left that just basically says, "Ah, everything's going to be fluid. It's going to change. And what's going to change it is what the woke cloud says it needs to be no matter if where it is right now was what they said it needed to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now let's talk about a little more of this um, woke stuff as it plays out. 21 Republicans attorney generals have filed a joint brief in support of a Florida family. This family sued their school back in 2021 for talking behind their backs to their 13-year-old daughter about changing her name and her preferred bathroom. This is actually real, and it's been going on now for several years. Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen, one of the 21, he said that schools deliberately keeping parents in the dark is unconscionable. Here's... A quote from uh, the Montana AG. Parents have a fundamental and longstanding constitutional right and duty to direct the upbringing and care of their children. He added that unfortunately, teachers speaking to kids behind their parents' back is happening in schools across the nation. It's past time for the courts to do their job, step in to protect children, and put a stop to woke school administrators' violating parents' rights. So what's this case all about? Well, it is about Mother January Littlejohn. Littlejohn's daughter was just 13 years old when she began talking about confusion about her gender after several of her friends had uh, transitioned. Now think about it, 13 years old. Littlejohn initially sought to help school Counselors wanted to get them to help her, but they quickly began working behind her back to transition her daughter without her knowing. This is mom, Little John. Indeed, they even came up with the so-called transgender support plan for her daughter. Eventually, we got to see the transgender support plan. It was a six-page document 
that they completed with my daughter that was 13 at the time behind closed doors where they asked her questions that would have absolutely impacted her safety, like which restroom she preferred to use and which sex she preferred to room with on overnight field trips. Little John wound up becoming the poster child for Florida's parental rights to education bill, which now passed. It prohibits teachers from talking to children about sexuality behind the kid's back. She eventually sued her daughter's school last month. Little John said after we filed a lawsuit, predictably the school district filed a motion to dismiss. We have filed an opposition to that motion. We're waiting on the ruling. But what's more important is that we're hearing the same exact M.O. of excluding and deceiving parents, exactly what we heard here from parents literally across the country. But the good news is that parents are fighting back and they're filing lawsuits all around the country. And now, thanks to these 21 attorneys general, she presumably has a fair shot at winning her case. When her, when a student considers transgendering, transitioning, parents have a fundamental constitutional right to be involved in that decision, yet school districts across the country, strong-armed by ideological-driven advocacy groups, have shut parents out of the process and trampled on their fundamental rights. The brief asks that the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals reaffirm parents' longstanding and fundamental right to be informed of critical information about their child's mental health and well-being. The right of parents to direct the care and custody of their children is perhaps the oldest of the fundamental liberty interests that's recognized by the Supreme Court. And over the last century, the Supreme Court has reaffirmed that right time and time and time again. That doesn't matter. They're going to keep coming after it trying to have a blank check that they can use to transition any kid that they want to. And they're still telling us parents don't know what's best for their children. Teachers do. You don't know which state those 21 AGs are from? Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and West Virginia. Parents should have all the right in the world to be involved in their kids' education and their time in school, especially when it involves like these life-altering decisions. For a school to allegedly hide vital info from parents, it's not only sinister, but it's potentially damaging. But here's the problem. Unless they make that a law to keep that from happening, there's no accountability going to be imposed on any of these people that are doing that. Do you realize? 13 years old. Little John's daughter, 13 years old. And several of her friends had transgendered already. And that was causing the consternation of their little 13-year-old girl. I just can't believe 13-year-old girls are caught up in this. I just can't believe it. Now, speaking of the trans issues, Glamour Magazine, uh, obviously I don't read Glamour. I happen to 
be emailed the copy of the cover of this month's Glamour magazine. And on the front cover, they have a picture of a pregnant transgender man. A transgender man. You know all these pictures that we see? It became a big deal for movie stars when they got pregnant. Women would open up their shirts and show their bellies fat with a baby. That's what they're doing, Glamour Magazine, on this month. The June cover for Pride Month on Glamour Magazine. It's a British version of Glamour here in the United States. It's put a pregnant transgender man on the June cover. They're doing it in recognition a recognition of Pride Month. Logan Brown. Logan Brown is a biological woman who now self-identifies as a man. As Glamour tells in its own cover story, Brown unexpectedly became pregnant by her partner, Bailey J. Mills, who is gender non-binary and is a drag performer. I spent so much time feeling shame and being hard on myself until I thought, you can enjoy this process or make it really difficult for yourself. I'm a pregnant man, and I'm proud to do what I'm doing. Glamour, which is published by Condé Nast, claims that couple has become a victim of online transphobia after a commenter wrote, men can't get pregnant across Brown's social media accounts. Now, let's stop right there. There is no such thing as a non-biological male. Let's just say it. I'm going to put it out there. I've had medical doctors out the wazoo on this show that have written articles that we publish at truthnewsnet.org. You can't manually change your gender. One of those physicians, a female physician, came on our show in the early year early in the first year of TNN Live, and she made that statement. She deals biologically with children that are having problems with their sexual identities. And she said this very plainly. I confronted her, and and she just got finally just upset with me digging and keeping digging on the questions about that. And she said, listen, I'm a doctor. I'm a physician. I can tell you. I'm a biological scientist as well. In nature, the single only thing that determines the gender of a human being is their chromosomes. And we cannot change chromosomes. Unless and until we do that, a biological woman will always be a biological woman a biological male will always be a biological male. No amount of hormones, no amount of surgeries, nothing is going to alter that. The chromosomes determine the biology of every human being. Everyone. And yet the left... They just keep doubling, tripling down on stupid. You want to hear another faux pas? A health center across the pond in England provides new parents with questionnaires. And on the questionnaire, they are asked 
if they considered their babies to be transgender or non-binary. And the non-binary thing is as ridiculous to me as any of the rest of this. What does that mean? Well, I'm not either male or female. So I'm this month, maybe I'm going to identify as a male, but next month I'm going to identify as a female, and you can't say anything to me to counter that because it's my choice. I determine my sex, which is ridiculous. A form that's offered by a general practitioner practice in Birmingham, England, to parents of newborns that quiz them if they considered their kid to be either male, including trans man, by the way, female, including trans woman, non-binary, other not listed, or not stated. So sharing a screenshot of the form, a woman posted on Twitter, quote, so my mate has had a baby recently and had to register this precious new life. This is the newborn registration form she's faced with. I think she's going to register baby as other. Dinosaur gender, she joked. The Woodgate Valley Health Center insisted the form was used by new parent patients of all ages wishing to register, not just newborns, telling the son that it was standard new patient registration form for any new patient that includes but is not limited to parents registering a newborn baby. According to the Daily Mail, the woke form is not part of a wider policy of the National Health Services in the UK, with each local surgery being given the option to add additional gender options to their forms. Free Speech Union director, a guy named Toby Young, criticized this practice, saying the woke forms were an invitation to woke parents to impose their crazy ideas about sex and gender on their newborns. Wouldn't it be more responsible if this practice to refer parents who can't tell the sex of their babies by looking at their genitals to a psychiatrist? I'm not laughing at people. I'm laughing at the insanity of people that are just jumping on this and using it to weaponize against people that think opposite of them. And that is happening every single day. And I don't I don't see it stopping. <laughs> I, I think it's only going to ramp up and get worse. I don't see how it can get any worse, but I think it is getting worse and will continue to grow. And at what point and who is somebody going to get up and be the kid that was at the parade? You remember the old emperor and his wife, they were so vain about their clothing, they got their tailor to buy them or make all of these clothes, and they would have a parade through town every time they got the new stuff. And the tailor got tired of it. And so he said, here's what I'm going to do. Next time they come in for a fitting, I'm going to talk to them and show them this new cloth that we use to make for people, only very, very wealthy, intelligent people, these new suits of clothe, clothing. But I'm going to tell them the material is transparent. People that are really legitimately smart, they can tell when they look at it. It's transparent. So the emperor and his wife, they didn't want to be considered to not be smart. 
So they just went ahead and went along with it. And so they come for their fitting, and he supposedly, the tailor, puts on these new suits of clothing, and then he stands there and looks at them, and the emperor and the empress, they're just butt naked. (laughs) So in a parade, going down the street, which every time the emperor and his wife got these new clothes, they would have the parade, and they never, nobody would dare say anything about them coming down the street butt naked wearing these new outfits. And little Johnny over in the corner, he looks out and sees them, and he hollers at the top of his lungs, Hey, they're butt naked. They ain't got nothing on. Don't miss our iHeartRadio at-home session with Jesse McCartney. Presented by Hellman's, an exclusive and intimate performance. At a time when we're craving live music. Watch Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on iHeartRadio's YouTube. Missing that restaurant flavor at home this summer? Hellman's is bringing crave-worthy flavors to you. Serving up new drizzle sauces that you can put on pretty much anything. With flavors like cilantro lime, roasted garlic, and creamy chili honey, you can drizzle, dip, and dress to make home the best restaurant around. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 Double Crispy Cheesy Burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger, the Flame Fresh Taste. Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame-broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, there it is. Get the new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger with double the Flame Fresh Taste. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. biggest and most controversial stories in the news today has to do with FBI Director Christopher Wray. Christopher Wray, you know, is supposed to be a nonpartisan, not affiliated with any particular political party, or you can do your politics, but just don't share them because that'll taint the job that you're doing. After all, you're the director of the largest, most successful law enforcement agency on the planet, you've got to be equal right down the line. You just can't go one way or the other. But of late, and when I say of late, I'm not talking about just this year or in this administration, but all the way back to the Clinton years, all that way back, it just seemed like people at the FBI 
begin not only to be political, but to make their politics well-known. Look at the Obama administration. Eric Holder, first attorney general for President Obama. He just thumbed his nose at the rule of law. Congress, who has the official oversight of government agencies, it's in the Constitution, that's the way it's supposed to be, they went after him to get information that contained the details of that Operation Fast and Furious gun-running scheme that he and Barack put together. They were trying to catch cartel members, and so how they were going to do it was they were going to sell them guns across our southern border and trace the guns that were used in crimes. And, of course, what do cartels do? What do drug-dealing cartels do? Well, they... They go rob people, they go hold people up, and sometimes they end up shooting and killing people. And that's what happened. Sadly, two of those that were shot and killed were American citizens, Border Patrol agents. So Congress, in their oversight position, they subpoenaed Eric Holder, the Attorney General, to come testify. He wouldn't do it. And then when they couldn't get him to come testify, answer questions under oath to get to the truth of it, they sent him formal request via subpoena to turn over documents about Fast and Furious. He refused to comply there. So they took, they uh, legally went after him and they took all of this to a federal court in Washington, D.C. to compel asking the court to make Eric Holder, who is in contempt of Congress, to come appear before Congress or face jail time. And the judge, the federal judge in D.C., an Obama appointee, he wouldn't even take up the case. The politicization in our American government, by our American government, against our people, is at epic proportions and levels. And it's getting scarier and scarier. So we're having a war right now in Congress FBI Director Christopher Wray with Charles Grassley, Senator, Oversight Committee, trying to get to the bottom of all of the allegations of money laundering, basically, by the Biden family syndicate. The FBI, according to a whistleblower, has a document, and the document proves that President Biden was selling his access to his vice presidential office when he was in office with President Barack Obama, was selling that influence. And, of course, the Oversight Committee in the Senate, they want that information, and legally they have requested it. And Christopher Ray keeps putting them off. And the document's not even classified. So yesterday, Senator Grassley, he came out and kind of explained some stuff, and then Jonathan Turley, the constitutional attorney, that is often you see on television shows, he weighed in on the legality and what's really going on in this. Check it out. And we aren't interested in uh, whether or not the accusations against Vice President Biden are accurate or not. 
we're in responsible for making sure the FBI does its job, and uh, that's what we want to know. And this is just one more example of them not being forthcoming to the public because the public's business ought to be public, and uh, there's no reason for a non-classified document to be held in secret. That was Republican Senator Chuck Grassley out of Iowa last hour with Dane and me. Addressing the FBI's refusal to hand over documents that are critical to the House Republican investigation into the business dealings of President Biden and his family. The agency yesterday making those documents available, they say, but with major conditions. David Spun's got the conditions. Let's start there. Okay. Live from the Justice Department. But before we go there, Jonathan Turley pops <laughs> out of to nowhere. Turley. Right on. Professor, how you Great doing? You. Good morning. <laughs> Don't know if you saw Chuck Grassley last hour, but um, he would not characterize the content of the document that he has personally seen. What do you make of this? I thought it was an incredible interview. Uh, Chairman, uh, well, Senator Grassley now is, is uh, quite right that the point about this investigation is not necessarily proving the merits of bribery. It's an investigation into the corruption, yes, of influence peddling, but also whether the, the FBI itself has been corrupted by political influence. That secondary issue is one of the reasons I think the FBI is on a rather bad uh, legal footing here. They've already said they'll show this unclassified document uh, to members of Congress. But these added conditions become less and less persuasive. Everyone agrees that you can redact material from this, particularly the names of, of the whistleblower, for example, or critical uh, figures. But you can't go too far without interfering with the oversight responsibilities of these committees. So I think that Ray understands that, but there's still a lot of resistance of the FBI of being you know, forthcoming on this information. Jamie Raskin, who is the ranking Democrat on the House side of things under um, next to Comer, he said that basically this is all politics, saying it is increasingly clear that the committee Republicans have always plan to hold Director Ray in contempt of Congress to distract from the obvious fact that they do not have evidence to support their unfounded accusations against President Biden. Now, that's their line. They are sticking to it. But it does seem that this document could see the light of day. And then, and then what are they going to say? Well, it is humorous because you have members like Raskin constantly saying, where's the evidence while they're voting against any effort to, ac to acquire evidence? You know, they're opposing an investigation to the censorship program. They're opposing investigations into FBI whistleblowers. They're opposing investigations into IRS whistleblowers. All of that is meant to get this evidence so that it can be evaluated. Uh, so it's, 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 it's rather ironic to hear Democrats complaining about the lack of evidence when they're trying to stop the accumulation of evidence. Well, here, here's but the fact what I, is the here's public what I, supports these yeah, investigations. Yeah, I apologize for the interruption. What, what, what I heard from Grassley, he would not tell us whether he thought there was something illegal on the document. I mean, a lot of Republicans are already on that bandwagon. He is not. Uh, call for number one. We'll go back to the interview. He wants the FBI to do its job. That's what he said. Watch put it this way there's accusations in it but uh, that's uh, it's not for me to make a judgment about whether these accusations are accurate or not it's up to my job to make sure the FBI is doing their job and uh, th that's what this is all about as far as I'm concerned uh, public's business ought to be public
So here's how I see it then. They're, they're allowed in. They read the document. Maybe it brings other colleagues in. They see the document. But if the FBI doesn't make a move, this allegation is dead in the water. Well, first of all, I, I commend the senator for showing this circumspection. This is why he was respected so widely as a chairman of, of the committee. Uh, this may not be true. You know, there's a lot of information that comes to the FBI from anonymous sources and other sources. Uh, but the FBI itself is part of this congressional oversight investigation. Now, they may, in fact, be able to put together material from this document with other parts of their investigation. The House Oversight Committee just released a damning report showing millions of dollars going to the Biden, going to Biden family members using this labyrinth of corporations and accounts. They're so complex, they seem only designed to hide this, this trail. And there are growing concerns in the public, concerns about the FBI's independence and integrity, but also concerns about corruption. Even if this is not a crime, influence peddling is corrupt. It's the favorite form of corruption in Washington. All of that is subject to congressional oversight. So the FBI needs to be very careful. If they prove to be a choke point, keeping these committees from fully investigating these issues, they'll find themselves in court. Spokesman Kirby, John Kirby at the White House yesterday got a question about this. The reaction was uh, interesting. Watch. There was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. So what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? And I think that the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. I mean, that's what the president has given them to say. They also, they do have a spokesperson in the White House Counsel's Office, Ian Sams, super capable guy, uh, that they could have flo floated that to. But I do think that they're trying to basically get through all of this, saying there's nothing to see here. And yet we have these investigations ongoing and a document that's sitting out there and the FBI might be held in contempt over it. Right. The problem is he's right. The president has spoken to this. And what the president has said seems to be manifestly false. The president has said that he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings. And yet we have learned from the laptop there's photos with these business associates. There's meetings in the White House. You have one whistleblower who said that he met personally uh, with now President Biden to discuss these deals. There's even references to President Biden getting up to 10 percent of one deal and getting other benefits. So the problem is that what the president has said stands contradicted. And this idea that, oh, my gosh, how could you suggest the president is corrupt um, is, is getting to the point of being insulting. I mean, there are millions of dollars that are going to Biden family members, including grandchildren from yeah. foreign interests, including some associated with foreign intelligence. At some point, you insult the intelligence of the American people with these types of dismissive comments. Mm. Professor, thank you. Um, We'll wait to hear when others get a chance to see that document at FBI headquarters. And we'll bring you back. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan Turley. Thank Thanks. My opinion about all this stuff, we hear it day after day 
after day. New information comes up. Whistleblowers, legal whistleblowers that have signed into the federal government whistleblower protection process where they can come forward and legally they cannot be gone after by the government for coming forward with factual information of wrongdoing by people in our government. That process, quite honestly, is very, very simple. If you hear something, see something that is wrong, illegal, unethical, go report it to the oversight people, the inspector generals over the particular agency in which you work. Americans, good, honest Americans, they see this, they hate it, and they want it to stop. It's destroying our government, which means it's destroying our people, our freedom. And those that are elected are going into office, and they're refusing to enforce the rule of law, which is the only thing that makes the United States of America different from 191 other countries on the planet. And so these people are coming forward. They're not supposed to be having retribution taken against them by people in government for them coming forward with facts, and we're finding out whistleblowers are being attacked. They are being attacked by those that they report are the wrongdoers. And we're years now into these reports coming out about Joe Biden being corrupt. Nobody has been willing that can hold this president accountable. Nobody, none of them have been willing to enforce the laws that the president blows right through. And he laughs his butt off because he's not being held accountable. If this stands, if this president gets away with this wrongdoing, that in most cases is uncontroverted with facts, we will be able to honestly say we are watching the total destruction of the United States of America because it cannot stand, it cannot function when this kind of stuff is winked at and just allowed to happen. Who will ever forget? Joe Biden, when he was vice president, he was considered by the president, Obama, to be the Ukraine's czar. Obama put Biden in charge of dealing with Ukraine. How in the heck it came up that that was going to be the person that was going to do it. At that particular time, people were like shocked because Biden is horrible in his foreign policy. Well, we found out the reason he was sent over there was he was cutting financial deals with leaders in the Ukrainian government. Now, these are leaders before Volodymyr Zelensky. And in all of that czar stuff, Ukraine czar stuff, Hunter Biden gets a job with Burisma Holdings, which is known and had been for years as being one of the most financially corrupt government, not government, but corporations in Ukraine. It was simply a money laundering corporation that would launder money, illegal dollars made in countries across Europe 
and they would clean that money by running it through banks in Ukraine. And Joe Biden himself, on television, at a meeting, in front of a bunch of people, you've seen it over and over and over again, he brags about blackmailing the former president of Ukraine into firing a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden's company, Burisma Holdings. And he blackmailed him by saying, Mr. Ukrainian President, I came with the authority to sign a loan guarantee by the United States government for your country, Ukraine, for $900 million. Unless you fire that prosecutor, you're not getting that $900 million loan guarantee. And Biden bragged about before the day was over, they had fired that prosecutor. And he laughed about it. Joe Biden is corrupt. He is corrupt. And something must be done, especially since this is a president of the United States. It's no different than when Richard Nixon, he sent his henchmen to spy on the the Democrat National Convention offices in Washington, D.C., He lied about it, he tried to cover it up, and he ended up being caught, and he had to resign as president. What Richard Nixon did pales to what this president has been doing before he was president and still is doing while he's president. I'm through with that. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers' branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800-plus cities. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey, Ed Itchy in Idaho. Yes, the Culligan High Efficiency Water Softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels and a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep. There's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Truth, justice, the American way. The Truth News Network. Once again, here's Dan Newman. 
CNN Live is on the road today. We're in Atlanta, Georgia at the largest Blade Show on the planet, Blade Show 2023. We'll be interviewing some of um, some big-name people. We'll probably on Monday and Tuesday bring you some of those interviews. But we didn't want to miss getting together with you. We, we often, as you know, we take this show on the road in the last, I guess, this year, calendar year. We've uh, taken the show live to Israel, cities all across Israel. We also took it to Harare, Zimbabwe. That was a different trip. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. It's hard, it's hard for people to understand with today's technology all you need is a good microphone, your equipment for broadcasting, and good internet, and you can stream live around the world. We have people in 192 different countries that have access to this show, and we can look every day and see where these people are tuning in from. And this is probably, regarding information, the most important technological thing that has happened ever in United States history. We can now get the message of truth into every country. There are a couple of countries that totally block Internet coming in to their countries from outside. We had a large group of people, over 900, that listened to the show every day from Moscow until the day that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine and he flipped the Internet switch off that any stuff coming into Russia from the United States was blocked. Therefore, TNN Live, on that day, it was no longer beaming into Russia. Another country or two that are doing that. But we're blessed, and we're all blessed. The fact that truth can penetrate the borders of some of the most egregious government entities in the world, and their people are able to get that information, news and information. It must be difficult to even live and not know for a fact what's really going on in your country. And when it takes somebody from the outside, somebody from the United States to step in and inform you how evil your government is treating you. But that's just one example of what's going on. One of those countries that really is evil and getting more and more powerful on the world stage is China. Larry Kudlow weighed in overnight about this administration and Joe Biden, how they are minimizing the threat to the United States is the nation of China and the Chinese Communist Party. Now look at, uh, folks, I want to continue this on the China question. I flat out do not believe that President Joe Biden understands the seriousness and the severity of the China threat to American interests. Whether it's the economy or trade or defense or national security, I don't think the Bidens have a clue. Now, I want to play over the clip from the Air Force Academy commencement speech just quickly to look at this. Ed Lawrence played it. I want to play it again for you. Take a careful listen. The United States does not seek conflict or confrontation with China. China and the United States should be able to work together where we can to solve some global challenges like climate. But we are prepared for vigorous competition. So the point here that I want to make, for one thing, there is no cooperation with China on climate change. 
They keep opening hundreds of coal plants. They could care less about things like Paris climate targets. In fact, I don't really know any country that feels bound by the Paris climate targets except Joe Biden's America as he continues to wage war against fossil fuels and energy and food prices continue to rise at an alarming rate. But more broadly, the Bidens seem not to understand that we are not engaged in some friendly competition with China. The president talks about vigorous competition. It is much tougher than that. China wants dominance. It's not let's compete and maybe we'll all do better together. China wants to dominate America and its interests in every sphere of activity. Our next guest, former U.S. Trade Rep Robert Lighthizer, is going to have a lot to say about this subject. And indeed, I learned a lot about this from serving with Bob in the Trump administration. And in fact, I want to add, I think the whole country learned a lot from former President Donald Trump, who was the first to really ring the bell about the China threat. You see this threat in so many places now. Our friend General Jack Keane just warned about Chinese spies' brazen attempts to infiltrate our U.S. military bases. U.S. authorities discovered suspected Chinese spies disguised as tourists trying to infiltrate Alaskan military bases and perhaps gain access to highly classified intelligence. Of course, Joe Biden never took the Chinese spying balloon episode seriously as he waited a week before he shot it down. And meanwhile, the spy balloon hovered over key ICBM nuclear bases in the upper Midwest, gathering all kinds of intelligence. At last week's G7 meeting, Joe Biden naively talked about a, quote, thaw in U.S.-China relations, whereupon China promptly issued a communication saying there was no thaw. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin wanted to meet with his Chinese counterpart, but the Chinese said no. The phase one U.S.-China trade deal, which has been broken in several key places, is up for review. And let me say, even before we get to Mr. Lighthizer, this is no time to withdraw any tariffs with our leading adversary. Even with Biden's climate obsession, he and his Democratic allies have passed numerous Green New Deal bills, along with onerous uh, EPA regulations, the Biden climate crazies won't permit natural resource mining and drilling to excavate our own minerals. They'd rather rely on China. They'd rather rely on China pharmaceuticals. They'd rather let China's culpability on COVID go scot-free. Virtually the whole world knows China is fixing to invade Taiwan before long. Yet what exactly is our government doing about that? And the Bidens have never recovered from their catastrophic decision to flee Afghanistan virtually overnight and vacate the Bagram Air Force Base, leaving at least $100 billion of heavy-duty, highly classified equipment behind and letting the terrorist Taliban take the country over again. That was a sign of unbelievable weakness. The Communist Party of China was watching. Biden's diplomacy to prevent Russia from invading Ukraine was a complete failure. The Chinese were watching. And, of course, the Bidens never talk about China's human rights violation with the enslaved Uyghurs or ending democracy and freedom in Hong Kong, not to speak of the Chinese infiltration of Central and South America that's going on, or the TikTok invasion of our children and the cyber hacking that goes on almost routinely. There is no detente in sight with China, and our foreign policy officials would make a huge mistake if they adopted any such strategy. 
Now is the time to protect America against the China adversary. Now is the time for America first. You know, few people in our government and certainly few people in media are really informing us of the serious nature of what's going on with China in the world. They want to be number one in every area. They are pushing hard. And Joe Biden, many in America feel because of his corruption, the fact that he is involved with China on many levels, economically and other ways, on a personal level, has clouded his vision or his desire to keep things where they should be in structure of getting along with China and making sure China doesn't destroy its own people, but even more importantly, taking over positions in the world that are not right. In other words, not taking control of the world on many levels, which is exactly what Xi Jinping wants to do. There's no doubt in anybody's mind, credible doubt, that China is very, very close to actually invading and taking over Taiwan. Now, is that any of our business? You answer that question. I can't say factually. I have my own ideas about it. But I think if and when China does invade and take control of Taiwan, that will be nothing more than the beginning of China doing that around the world. Well, that's going to wrap the show today. Wow. Short day, it seemed like. Thank you for being here today. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back in the saddle, back in Louisiana Monday. We'll see you then. Hesitation